Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. The Old Testament podcast. My name is Brad Constantine, and uh, this will be uh, the first lesson of the Old Testament. We will be going along with the Come Follow Me lessons, and so today's episode is going to be regarding Moses chapter 1. But before we get started, I just want to read a paragraph here by Kent Jackson out of the Studies in Scripture regarding the Old Testament. He said, Many Latter-day Saint readers find the Old Testament to be the most difficult of the standard works of the church. Yet rather than paying the necessary price to discover its beautiful truths, they avoid it. Admittedly, it has special problems that require special solutions. But those solutions are within the reach of most Latter-day Saints, and the rewards for one's efforts will be substantial. There are four keys to gaining the most from reading the Old Testament. One, study the Old Testament in light of gospel truth that has been revealed in modern times. Two, have the Holy Ghost. Three, learn how the ancient writers expressed themselves. And four, understand the Old Testament within its own context. So that's a really good foundation for us to be able to better understand the Old Testament. And I'm hoping that uh, this uh, podcast, these podcasts that are being done on the Old Testament, will help you better understand it. And uh, I'll be using a lot of... uh, references to uh, from BYU student or BYU teachers and from Bible scholars and others to to help us with this better understanding of the Old Testament. Um, if I was to choose which of the standard works I would like to teach, it would be the Old Testament. I think it's my favorite uh, favorite scriptures to teach just because of its richness and its uh, history and so on. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started now with chapter one of Moses. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 1. The words of God, which he spake unto Moses at a time when Moses was caught up into an exceedingly high mountain, and he saw God. In other words, this is a vision of Jehovah, uh, and this is a vision of Jesus Christ. uh, Face to face, and he talked with him, and the glory of God was upon Moses. Therefore Moses could endure his presence. And God spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, I am the Lord God Almighty, and endless is my name. For I am without beginning of days or end of years, and is not this endless? And behold, thou art my son. We are the children of God. Man is the child of God, formed in the divine image and endowed with divine attributes. And even as the infant son of an earthly father and mother is capable in due time of of becoming a man, so the undeveloped offspring of celestial parentage is capable by experience through ages and eons of, of evolving into a God. And that was by Joseph F. Smith, John Winder, and Anthony H. Lund, the first presidency at the time in 1909. Continuing verse 4, Wherefore, look, and I will show thee the workmanship of mine hands. All things are created by Jesus Christ, but not all for my works are without end, and also my words, for they never cease. Wherefore, no man can behold all my works, except he behold all my glory, and no man can behold all my glory, and afterwards remain in the flesh on the earth. And I have a work for thee, Moses, my son, and thou art... Notice that he's calling him my son repeatedly throughout this, uh, and we'll see the contrast later on. Thou art in the similitude of mine only begotten, and mine only begotten is and shall be the Savior, for he is full of grace and truth. But there is no 
God beside me, and all things are present with me, for I know them all. Christ is speaking here as though he were God the Father. This is what's known as divine investiture of authority. Verse 7, And now behold this one thing I show unto thee, Moses, my son, for thou art in the world, and now I show it unto thee. Without the knowledge of, this is Joseph Smith, without the knowledge of all things, God would not be able to save any portion of his creatures. For it is by reason of the knowledge which he has of all things from the beginning to the end that enables him to give that understanding to his creatures by which they are made partakers of eternal life. And if it were not for the idea existing in the minds of men that God had all knowledge, it would be impossible for them to exercise faith in him. Verse 8, And it came to pass that Moses looked and beheld the world upon which he was created, and Moses beheld the world, and the ends thereof, and all the children of men which are and which were created of the same he greatly marveled and wondered. And the presence of God withdrew from, Mo from Moses, that his glory was not upon Moses, and Moses was left unto himself. We also are left to ourselves to see how we will do. That's what this mortal experience is all about. Continuing verse 9, And as he was left unto himself, he fell unto the earth. The power of God drained him physically. And it came to pass that it was for the space of many hours before Moses did again regain or receive his natural strength like unto man. And he said unto himself, Now for this cause I know that man is nothing, which thing I never had supposed. In other words, we're nothing without Jesus Christ. The Lord has made it very clear that no man can assist with this work unless he is humble and full of love. Humility does not mean timidity. Humility does not mean fear. Humility does not mean weakness. You can be humble and still be courageous. You can be humble and still be vigorous and strong and fearless. Humility is an acknowledged recognition of our dependence on a higher power. And that was by Ezra Taft Benson. Verse 11, But now mine own eyes have beheld God, but not my natural, but my spiritual eyes, for my natural eyes could not have beheld. For I should have withered and died in his presence, but his glory was upon me, and I beheld his face, for I was transfigured before him. Anytime anybody has a vision of God and Jesus, uh, they have to be transfigured or in some way changed to be able to withstand the glory in the presence of God. And so that's what's happening here to Moses. That's probably what happened to Joseph Smith, too, which would explain his uh, fatigue after the first vision also. Verse 12, And it came to pass that when Moses had said these words, behold, Satan came, tempting him, saying, Moses, son of man, worship me. He used the phrase son of man to try to convince Moses he was not a son of God, as God had mentioned before. Verse 13, And it came to pass that Moses looked upon Satan and said, Who art thou? For behold, I am a son of God, in the similitude of his only begotten. And where is thy glory that I should worship thee? Moses knew that he was a son of God and that he should worship only God. He could tell the difference between the glory of God and Satan's lack of it. Verse 14, For behold, I could not look upon God except his glory should come upon me, and I were transfigured before him. But I can look upon thee in the natural man. Is it not so surely? Blessed be the name of my God, for his spirit hath not altogether withdrawn from me, or else where is thy glory? For it is darkness unto me, and I can judge between thee and God, for God said unto me, Worship God. For him only shalt thou serve. Get thee hence, Satan, deceive me not. For God said unto me, Thou art after the similitude of mine only begotten. And he also gave me commandments when, I, when he called unto me out of the burning bush. 
That's his vision upon Mount Sinai, saying, Call upon God in the name of mine only begotten and worship me. And again Moses said, I will not cease to call upon God. I have other things to inquire of him. We should also be constantly inquiring of God for revelations. If we have questions and doubts, we should be asking God to help us answer those questions because he's the ultimate source of all truth. Continuing verse 18, For his glory has been upon me, wherefore I can judge between him and thee. Depart hence, Satan. Moses saw God face to face. Now he sees Satan face to face also. It sounds like uh, Lehi's uh, principle of the opposition in all things, doesn't it? Verse 19, And now when Moses had said these words, Satan cried with a loud voice and ranted upon the earth and commanded, saying, I am the only begotten. Worship me. Satan wished he was the only begotten. And it came to pass that Moses began to fear, which is the opposite of faith, exceedingly. And as he began to fear, he saw the bitterness of hell. A life without problems or limitations or challenges, life without opposition in all things, as Lehi phrased it, would paradoxically be, in fact, be less rewarding and ennobling than one which confronts, even frequently confronts, difficulty and disappointment and sorrow. As beloved Eve said, were it not for the difficulties faced in a fallen world, neither she nor Adam nor any of the rest of us would ever have known the joy of our redemption and the eternal life which God giveth unto all the obedient. So life has its oppositions and its conflicts, and the gospel of Jesus Christ has answers and assurances. And that was by Elder Jeffrey R. Harl. Jeffrey R. Holland. Continuing verse 20, Nevertheless, calling upon God, he received strength, and he commanded, saying, Depart from me, Satan, for this one God only will I worship, which is the God of glory. Similar to the experience of Joseph Smith, who was bound by the power of Satan, but exerting all his power to call upon God, was delivered from his power. Moses held the Melchizedek priesthood to be able to rebuke Satan. Verse 21, And now Satan began to tremble, and the earth shook, and Moses received strength and called upon God, saying, In the name of the only begotten, depart hence, Satan. In other words, by the power of Jesus Christ, we, we can also rebuke Satan. 22, And it came to pass that Satan cried with a loud voice, with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, and he departed hence, even from the presence of Moses, that he beheld him not. And the extent to which we become like him, Jesus Christ, is the extent to which we gain his faith, acquire his power, and exercise his priesthood. And when we have become like him in the full and true sense, when we also shall have eternal life, faith and priesthood go hand in hand. Faith is power, and power is priesthood. After we gain faith, we receive the priesthood. Then, through the priesthood, we grow in faith, until having all power, we become like our Lord. Our time here in mortality is set apart as a time for probation and of testing. It is our privilege while here to perfect our faith and to grow in priesthood power. And that was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 23, And now of this thing Moses bore record, but because of wickedness it is not had among the children of men. In other words, this has been taken from the Bible. And it came to pass that when Satan had departed from the presence of Moses, that Moses lifted up his eyes unto heaven, being filled with the Holy Ghost, which beareth record of the Father and the Son. And calling upon the name of God, Moses prayed. He beheld his glory again, for it was upon him. And he heard a voice saying, Blessed art thou, Moses, for I, the Lord, for I, the Almighty, have chosen thee, and thou shalt be made stronger than many waters. He's referring probably here to the Red Sea when he parts it. For they shall obey thy command as if thou wert God. And lo, I am with thee even unto the end of thy days, for thou shalt deliver my people from bondage, even Israel my chosen. So here he's being called as a prophet. 
27, And it came to pass, as the voice was still speaking, Moses cast his eyes and beheld the earth, yea, even all of it. And there was not a particle of it which he did not behold, discerning it by the Spirit of God. And he beheld also the inhabitants thereof, and there was not a soul in which he beheld not. And he discerned them by the Spirit of God, and their numbers were great, even numberless, as the sand upon the seashore. And he beheld many lands, and each land was called earth, and there were inhabitants on the face thereof. And it came to pass that Moses called upon God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, why these things are so, and by what madest thou, and by what thou madest them? And behold, the glory of the Lord was upon Moses, so that Moses stood in the presence of God and talked with him face to face. And the Lord God said unto Moses, For mine own purpose have I made these things. Here is wisdom, and it remaineth in me. And by the word of my power have I created them, which is mine only begotten Son, who is full of grace and truth. And the worlds without number have I created. And I created them for mine own purpose, and by the Son I created them, which is mine only begotten. And the first man of all men have I created, Adam, which is man, which is many, other earths are made and inhabited just like ours. Thirty-five. But only an account of this earth and the inhabitants thereof give I unto thee. If we are to have an account of only this earth, is the same restriction put upon other worlds? Jack Marshall, uh, in a talk given at BYU Education Week in 2004, said the following, referring to Moses 7.37. He says, take a look at verse 37. What can you deduct about this earth compared to other worlds from verse 37? He says this, But behold, their sins, referring to Noah's people, the flood, shall be upon the heads of their fathers. Satan shall be their father, and misery shall be their doom, and the whole heavens shall weep over them, even all the workmanship of mine hands. Wherefore should not the heavens weep, seeing these shall suffer? Now what can you deduct from that verse about this earth compared to other worlds? If all, if all my creations will weep over this event that tells you and I that other worlds have knowledge of specific events that have happened on this earth, the most obvious event that, that all worlds have a knowledge of that has taken place on this earth, and this earth alone, is what? The atonement. Jesus Christ came to this earth and this earth alone to work out the atonement. For who? All the worlds of the millions of earths which were created. That's kind of unique, said Brother Marshall. Continuing verse 35, For behold, there are many worlds that have passed away by the word of my power, and there are many that now stand, and innumerable are they unto man. But all things are numbered unto me, for they are mine, and I know them. In other words, he's created an innumerable amount of earths were created by Jesus Christ. 36, And it came to pass that Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, Be merciful unto thy servant, O God, and tell me concerning this earth and the inhabitants thereof, and also the heavens, and then my, thy servant will be content. And the Lord God spake unto Moses, saying, The heavens they are many, and they cannot be numbered unto man, but they are numbered unto me, for they are mine. Christ is the Savior of all his creations. The atonement is infinite. 38. And as one earth shall pass away, and the heavens thereof, even so shall another come. And there is no end to my works, neither to my words. And then 39, which is the scripture mastery verse. For behold, this is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Gordon B. Hinckley said, We are here to assist our Father in his work and his glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Your obligation is as serious in your sphere of responsibility as is my obligation in my sphere. No calling in this church is small or of little consequence. All of us in the pursuit of our duty touch the lives of others. 
to each of us in our respective responsibilities, the Lord has said, in doing these things, thou wilt do the greatest good unto thy fellow beings and wilt promote the God, the glory of him who is your who is your Lord. The life of God, the eternal exalted life we all seek, is inherently concerned with the salvation of souls. It is the work and glory of God to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. It is by bringing about the conditions necessary for the salvation of his children that God glorifies himself, progresses, and expands his dominion. And that was by Jack Goslin in 1983 General Conference. This is by Bruce R. McConkie. Immortality and eternal life are two separate things, one distinct from the other. Every man shall receive immortality, whether he be good or bad or indifferent, for the resurrection from the dead shall come to all. Eternal life is something in addition. None shall receive eternal life, save it be those who keep the commandments of the Lord and are entitled thus to enter into his presence. That is eternal life, to dwell in the presence of the Father and receive exaltation from him. Verse 40, And now, Moses, my son, I speak unto thee concerning this earth upon which thou standest, and thou shalt write the things which I shall speak. And in a day when the children of men shall esteem my words as not, and take many of them from the book which thou shalt write, behold, I will raise up another like unto thee, and they shall be had again among the children of men, among as many as shall believe. And then 42, These words were spoken unto Moses in the mount, of the name of which shall not be known among the children of men. Even And, and now they are spoken unto you. This is uh, to Joseph Smith. Show them not unto any except them that believe. Even so, amen. So that's the end of uh, the first chapter. And this is a good introduction to the Old Testament. It kind of gives us a framework uh, to talk about uh, Jesus' premortal existence, his atonement for all. And uh, this gives us a good framework for that. So come back for the next episode. See you later. Bye.